Welcome to The Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, April 24th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace, they offer your Mongo databases, it's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Meteor fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Rye Walker. Welcome, Rye. What's up? Just the two of us this week. I'm doing good. Doing good. A little hungover, maybe. Just yeah. coach. A lot of beer. I was drunk last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's like officially drunk, right? Not just buzzed, drunk, drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on air, but I think I actually like hit my toe and broke it. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. drunk. That bad. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I tried to get Dove to join us for this episode, but he said no. Of <laughs> the media developer won't be showing up on the podcast. For you. Doesn't think it'll be good. So I'll keep working on them. We'll give you an A for effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week we're going to talk about scaling MixMax, the A developer's experience, MySQL server, and conferences. So uh, first up, I-, I love this article. I couldn't even find a date on it. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like dates on blog? Uh, I can't stand it. I always go down and try to look at comments and see if there's um, a date on the comment or something. Yeah. It bothers yeah. me. I, yeah. I mean, I understand why people do it, but, and then I'll view source, you know, and see if there's something in the, uh, like sometimes the blogging engine will have a date in the, uh, in the meta information. Oh, that's um, interesting. I've never, never really gone that far with it. Yeah, I have. I don't know when this was posted, but, I was uh, I was actually talking back and forth with Brad uh, Vogel over email about coming on and doing like a Meteor Club Q and A because I think people love asking questions about scaling and hearing these stories and so he he sent me a link to this blog post and said like oh here you should read this too uh, it, it'll probably be of interest and I was like how have I not read this yet so I put it up on Crater but this this story is awesome because uh, they talk about how they were having scaling issues, they were using Oplog, and I mean, obviously, they were the team that helped push through, or push MDG to have that Oplog back pressure uh, environment variable put in, because they were, they were dealing with issues around it, but ultimately, they moved the contact stuff to be a microservice, so like the contact importer stuff has its own Mongo database, and when it kicks off and like starts importing the contacts, that's all happening elsewhere, outside of the context of their main kind of Gmail plugin application. That's kind of how they easily solved their concerns there. And I don't know, like just reading the article is really, really smart kind of use of breaking a piece off. And I mean, I've got to imagine you guys have a similar architecture to this with user cycle, right? Yeah. And even more similar to this was, was assistant IO, which I literally had the exact same problem syncing objects from Google contacts and me and meetings, but Contacts was the, actually our pain point. Yeah, it's like it's not just enough for the for the op log back pressure thing to 
solve the problem. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, we would have been heading in the same direction as where Mixmax went with this, like literally moving it into a separate database as an oplog for those heavy activity tables that are not mixed in to the app. You don't need them to be, right? So maybe there's another way to solve this. Like, what, what if Meteor said, like, I don't know if it's even possible, maybe because of the way it works, but it'd be great if you could say, like, don't observe this table, but... Well, but I think that that's, a, that's a Mongo thing, right? Like oh, right yeah. now, they're acting like a Mongo replica server and therefore they're just yeah. getting everything. And so it would be nice if you could just tell Mongo, like these are the only data sets I care about. I've got to imagine maybe something in their sharding might allow that to happen. But, you know, I, I really honestly haven't played with it. But I just... Yeah, I mean, it's hijacking replication, so... It'd be kind of weird to tell Mongo, like, don't replicate this one table. That, that really breaks the idea of what Mongo does. So it's, I, I think that this is the way to go, though. You know, just move it out. It's really not that hard to move something out. It's not really that hard to access something through a, an API. Did they say what, how they accessed the contacts afterwards? They did just, not. And that was the, the number one source of kind of comments on Crater as well. And I plan to ask him. So he's going to be on um, May... 7th we're gonna do a media club q a and so that'll okay. that'll probably be the first question i ask him is like you left out how are you getting back at those contacts now because like is yeah. he just making a ddp connection and like hoping that the that server will handle everything better i don't know i'm guessing he's just going rest at that because because i think he said like the, the separate database maybe he didn't say it say like whether he's using node to, to operate that other process uh i don't know yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so you asked me about... No, they're, using, they're using Q, uh, actually, is what yeah. he said. Well, Q manages the work, but then you still have what servers... Well, Q's node-based, so yeah, I would Q imagine they're either using a Meteor server or like Q hooked into Meteor or yeah. uh, just straight up node and Q. Yep. We, we are literally in the final stages of splitting user cycle into two pieces as well. The back end is straight node using Q. We're utilizing Redis heavily as Q requires that. But we're even putting some stuff, some of our custom logic, right into Redis via Lua scripts. But, but we are still pushing our data at the end of the day back into our current Mongo database. But we might switch that too because there's, there's actually a call now. People want an API into user cycles. So we're like, okay, where, where do we build the API? We could build it into the Meteor app or we could just let it operate separately. Yeah, so I, I didn't put it on here because it hasn't hit Crater yet, but Sashko is actually working on, I don't know if you saw this, the uh, yeah. the uh, REST API kind of package that you'll be able to drop in, which he wants to take it deeper. He wants to like hook it directly into PubSub and methods. To me, they're totally analogous to a REST API. And I said this a a long time ago, and Sam and I started working on Rester, but then we just kind of didn't have enough time to work on it. But yeah, idea. Well, it's kind of like RPC, like remote procedure calls. If you just like hooked in straight into those methods, you know, so, like to me, Rest has a certain URL structure. But I know I saw his like the the um, hack pad for that, and you you basically push give each meteor method a a URL as long as you design those in a restful way, it would be Rest, right? Yeah, so, really what, so REST is, I don't know, like I've been thinking a lot about this this week. I've been thinking about writing like a REST versus DDP type of article actually because mm -hmm. I feel like REST was created because, you know, we had HTTP 1.0 specification and, you know, we've got URLs and like this is the technology we had at the time and 
like these URLs are structured in a certain way. But, you know, to me, DDP maybe makes a little more sense because you've got the pub sub side of things, right? And that's for getting data out. And then you've got the method side and that's really for getting data in. And I actually like maybe that those are separated in that way. Mm -hmm. Like you go, I mean, if you go look at Twitter's docs, you know, you've got all these different kinds of calls and you got to go into it and see whether it's a post or a, you know, put or a delete or, you know, whatever HTTP keyword verb it is. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to do a user cycle API and we're thinking when we present it, we'll present it as both REST and DDP, which will be sort of unique. I mean, obviously the only one who could consume that is for now would be media apps, but it'll just help expose DDP too. That's not entirely true. I, I mean, you could you could use Asteroid to consume it. Yeah, actually, in iOS as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of places you can consume yeah. the DDP now. Yep, that's true. So Erlang, you can consume it in Elixir. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think we saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone might interpret this as, oh, Meteor can't scale, right? <laughs> but the reality is any system that grows needs to be broken down on microservices. You see it happening with Kadira. You see it happening with Mixmax. And, you know, a monolithic platform should never be, is, n- is never going to be the answer forever, you know. <laughs> Did you watch DHH's uh, keynote talk this week? No, but I heard, I heard someone mention that they felt like it looks like they're, he's moving towards meteor type thinking. What, what, yeah, what did he say in that? They've got a new thing called uh, Action Cable. It's not DDP, but it is WebSockets. So, you know, of okay. course, like we've got to always have this not invented here syndrome when it comes to rails, but you know, they're coming out with turbo links three and action cable and they're trying to encourage people to move more towards like, I guess client side heavier options that they would have. But I just, you know, honestly, like the world's moved on. They've already decided on Ember or angular or, you know, something other than that for rails. Uh, It just feels like, again, it's going to be a bolt on to me, but, I don't he was talking a lot about like monolithic versus microservices and I haven't watched the whole thing but I, I definitely got the feel that he's more in favor of monolithic and that Shopify like he was talking about them as well like they're more in favor of monolithic as well and that's why they abandoned Batman JS or it's a I mean, monolithic is great until it doesn't work for you yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing I like, you know, with Meteor, like you can be monolithic and then all of a sudden we're all realizing, oh, holy crap, this is very easy for us to just kind of break these pieces apart and make yeah. microservices. We, there's always a trade-off. So like the trade-off with Meteor is you get an awesome monolithic thing, but, but the trade-off is if you happen to be doing some stuff on backend services that are, that's like churning your database hard, you have to deal with that, you know, like that's, that's the trade-off. You're not allowed to do that because because we've kind of because ha- it kind of hacks Mongo, right? Right. So anyway, yeah. Well, it doesn't it doesn't hack Mongo, right? Like, but if you want it to be real time and reactive, that's where you run into trouble. Yeah, that's I'm where it hacks Mongo in the sense that in the sense the meteor tries to pretend to be a, a replica set right. for the Mongo shard, or, yeah. you know, the, and it's not really that. So you know, anyway. All right, let's move on to the next story. I just yeah, that was a good one. We dove I, deep in that one. Yeah, we did. I uh, I spelled experience wrong in our show notes. Whoops. I saw that. I was able to translate <laughs> that though. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this is a a, a nice post on uh, Medium by Miroslav Hibbler. Hibbler. I don't know how to say your last name. Um, 
<laughs> I left that one for you on purpose. <laughs> Why do we try? Basically, he's a he's a server side developer. It was kind of I think it was a great article, and I was reading it. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be negative, right? First part of it, he just describes the daunting subjects. You know that you have to learn if you're a server side guy coming into client side. You got to learn about HTML and all the JavaScript stuff. And yeah, he's got like six yeah. points in here, right? Yep, yep. And I was like, oh man, he's going to be like saying this is cool crap, right? And so, and then building mobile, uh, the UI, all the stuff. But then he kind of says, like, you know, Meteor answers these things in very elegant ways for me. So he went right back through the same six points and then finally ends up the article with some of the issues he ran into. So I actually thought it was a super balanced article. Great article. If you're coming from server-side into Meteor, check the show notes on this. And uh, Meteor.js, a server-side developer's experience is the name of the post. I only got about halfway through. I was making the show notes and just kind of got sucked into reading it. But (laughs) I like this. This is like a nice long article. Yeah, like he talks a little bit about Iron Router and like jQuery and how that stuff works as kind of gotchas. But I'm I'm wondering though, like he's got these ads all over this thing. Yeah, I know. I was just looking at it too. I was like, was there are these related? But they're all like pops. angular. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're automatic too. So yeah, that, that is the one weird part is somehow yeah. it thinks this article is about angular and it's a bunch of angular ads throughout it, but ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but d- definitely I think worth a read and I'm on the edge of writing like a jQuery and Meteor post myself. And it's it's funny to see it brought up here again. Yeah, he talks about how they have to be carefully thought through. And I don't I don't know. Like maybe I've just used jQuery long enough that I know what handlers are there, like what events I can connect on and that kind of thing. Like I don't If you're truly new to it though, I mean it's pretty daunting when you add all those concepts on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. So this I mean this this came up again the other day too on Reddit. Someone took it was funny, they actually took my uh newsletter uh, like when you sign up for my my training class, I send you a series of emails. One of them is talking about like why you need to learn jQuery event handlers, and it gives you a link to like all the different kinds of events you can connect off of. And he's yeah. like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I should use Meteor because I hear jQuery is bloated." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure maybe you shouldn't use Meteor because you're worried about bloat. I don't know. Right. Like, I'm not saying Meteor is bloated, but I mean. Or jQuery, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. jQuery is, you know, yeah, there are smaller JavaScript libraries than I mean, jQuery, but... We're basically gluing a crap ton of JavaScript together to get a website going. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe not the truest definition of bloat, but there's definitely the possibility there. So the next story, I thought this was interesting, right? My SQL support, so uh, what was it, Ben... Ben Green, Numtel. Pretty sure he lives out there in San Francisco, maybe, or maybe LA. I don't know. I've seen pictures of him at WorkPop, too, I think. Mm. So he's the one that got the reactive MySQL working. I think you were, were you actually on site for that dev shop? I think so, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was really cool to watch. And, like, he's continued to work on this. You know, the one thing you don't think about is when you get away from Mongo, one of the niceties you have is when you type, you know, Meteor Run, your Mongo server starts for you. Mm-hmm. And so now he's got a package here that you install, and it's actually hooking in and firing up MySQL for you when you start your server. You know, it works 
exactly like Mongo from the looks of it. I mean, it just literally says started MySQL and you can give it, there's a JSON file that you can use. I actually think maybe this goes deeper than Mongo. Can you specify like a Mongo JSON file for starting Mongo? No, I don't think you can. Yeah. So, I that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I say uh, kudos to Ben. Like this is, yeah. this is amazing. Can we just like put a big green check mark next to uh, MySQL support now? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not React. I mean, wasn't the, his MySQL stuff wasn't like reactive though. It was like read or something. I thought. I thought was it was reactive. Uh, I just start, well, I start his repo. Did you start his repo? Did you at least do that? I did now. All right, good. Um, two stars right there. Yeah, right? no, it's reactive MySQL for okay. Meteor, the All main right. the main part, and he's got a MySQL live select npm module that he's using to kind of make everything work. Yeah, I thought there was something missing, but maybe there was something missing then that's that's been put in now. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's uh, the march goes on towards more database support beyond uh, Mongo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm glad that MDG hired Justin. And, uh, you know, put out that fluff piece about how they're, they're going to use that technology or whatever. And I don't know. They just, they just hired him to work on Galaxy. Like, let's just, let's hire Ben Green, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why this still isn't happening. <laughs> maybe, maybe he doesn't want to join. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But, like, anyone to me that's going to sit down and write a live query implementation on top of MySQL and now, like, his work has inspired someone to work on Postgres. Actually, he did it. <laughs> He's inspiring himself. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Let's, just, let's fund this guy. Let's get the code reviewed by MDG. Make it official and be done. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump over to conferences. There has not been a Meteor conference yet. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, I mean, you know, right? Like I was, I was starting to work on one and um, I, uh, I talked to Matt over at MDG and I said, hey, like I really want to do this. And they're like, well, we really want to do it too, like next year. And I'm like, well, that's too long. We need something. <laughs> and so we were, we were going back and forth and we just decided to put it on pause. Like they're, they're working on getting some marketing people in and I think things will maybe ramp up after that. So hopefully yeah. soon. But then this post came out of nowhere. Like, I really wasn't expecting this. Someone posted on Crater, like, hey, I really want to go to a Meteor conference in 2015. It was like, oh, huh. The username is Alternate Josh? No, wait. No, No, I would never out myself that way, right? Like, I have a website up if I'm going to do it. Um, True, true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Uh, John Omo? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree. I mean, there's definitely a market for it now. But if Meteor wants to do it, they have a lot of other, like, fish to fry. Like, Mm. they want to get Galaxy done, I'm sure, before they do that. Like, they're just priority-wise. It's not at the top of their list. Like, everything. I mean, there's it's been that way all this time with Meteor. Like, there's 10 things we wish they could get done right now, but they can't, you know? So it's a people problem, right? Like more people working on stuff, but then you have communication problems that go with that. So, right. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, there are like a lot of the JavaScript conferences, there will be a meteor talk there, but yeah, you know, I tried to get one into, um, 
JS Conf and it got rejected. And I'm guessing yeah. a lot of the other people got rejected as well. But I'm giving one at uh, OzCon. Is that the one? That's the one O'Reilly puts on in Portland. Yep. In July. I think I'm going to do my longer tutorial where I build a like a mobile mapping application. Yeah. So I think you're right. You know, like Robert sent something out today to the mailing list. Like, Hey, if you're going to give a talk, like here's some stuff you can work off of. And, yep. you know, here's some of the conferences people are speaking at. So, yeah. So I think, I think the, they're, I mean, again, it's convenient because it fits into their resource constraints, but I think they'd rather wait for there to be like huge, like bubbling over demand for the conference before pulling the trigger on it. So it's probably 2016. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's there today. You know, yeah. I, I did a, a quick poll and just looking at crater numbers, right? I, I think it's there today. I think you could do one in San Francisco and sell it out. Yeah. I think a lot of people would fly in for it. And I, uh, I go, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think no one wants to miss the first meteor conference if you were serious about meteor, right? Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, but instead what I've done is uh, I'm, I'm starting to put together, well, I had tentatively dubbed it meteor camp, but then I got an email today. Someone actually picked up meteor.camp and they're building mm. <laughs> now it's going to be meteor club camp yeah i don't know nice we'll, we'll see <laughs> how that flies but i'm uh i'm tentatively thinking maybe in september we'll do something in indianapolis that's like oh, it's about a two-hour drive from here they've got a nice airport people could fly into i found a place that's that's got like 100 acres I think it could be a lot of fun. So I'm going to see if I can get that. Thing. Yeah. And uh, Matt, Matt likes the idea too. So we're going to see if maybe uh, we can get some meteor support, get some stickers there, that kind of thing. Cool. Well, that's the last topic. So I think we're yeah. done for today. I'm just going to say like, number one, I'm blown away by the patrons. We hit uh, $500 this week. That was kind of crazy. I did not expect that to happen so fast. And actually, um, Modulus uh, signed on for a year of sponsorship. So they'll be around till uh, December. The the $500 reward was no ads. So, you know, I'm not going to put any ads on any of my other content. I'm not going to seek any new ads as well, which I was actually going to do a couple weeks ago. But, you know, now that I've got the support from all you guys. That's pretty amazing. And I just want to say thank you. It's been awesome. The Slack chat room has been awesome as well. Be sure to check out Modulus because they are an awesome sponsor, modulus.io. And uh, if you're looking to get in the Slack chat room, it's just uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. Cool. All right, man. Talk to you next week. See ya. Yep. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. <laughs>